Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. As always, in the normal Thursday fashion, it's going to be a preview episode, but this week's very special because it is the first round of the playoffs. Super Wild Card Weekend is upon us, not just Wild Card Weekend. Make sure you got to add that super. It's super wild. Um, I'm very excited for this week's matchups. There's some matchups that are a little more lopsided than others, but we're going to get to all that in a second. If you guys are listening to this episode, please share it with your friends and family. It would mean a whole lot to me. Again, hoping to get more viewerships or more viewers, viewership up by the end of the season. Hopefully we can keep this going into the NBA season if I see some uptick in those views. Again, it's all in your hands now, so if you want to keep listening, if you want professional sports talk to continue going forward, then just keep sharing with the homies, keep listening to these pods, and reach out to my Instagram at professional sports talk. That's about the best I can ask for you guys. Anyways, we're going to get into these matchups. We're going to be going from, in my opinion, the worst matchups, meaning the most lopsided or the ones that I feel most confident in. And then we're going to go to the best matchups or the ones that I'm least confident in or the ones that I think are more of a coin flip type game. So we're going to start right off the bat with the biggest spread of the week. It has to be Steelers versus Chiefs. The Chiefs already whooped the Steelers ass in their home earlier this week. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger actually had a quote about this game or just about his team as a whole in the playoffs and how they didn't quite belong there. And I will pull that up right now. Um, I'm trying to find it. Here we go. Um, Ben Roethlisberger said, I believe this was on Wednesday. I believe this was yesterday. It might have been Tuesday. He said, as a group, you understand that we probably aren't supposed to be here. We are probably not a very good football team. (laughs) Out of 14 teams, I think we are (laughs) in... I think we are in. We are probably number 14. We don't have much of a chance, so let's just go in there and have fun. Wow, what a message. What what a message he's saying. I don't like that at all. I don't know why you'd ever say something like that. Um, it really just sounds like he's ready to mail in. He's really re- ready to retire. It doesn't sound like he has that same passion he does for football. Not that I'm saying he's going to go in there and like try and lose this game or anything like that, but I just really don't get why you'd say something like that uh you know having that confidence is really key to winning football games like this and also just the message it sends to a locker room is just fucking awful i mean if there's any benefit to come out of it it's maybe the reverse psychology for his teammates or maybe it's just to fire up his teammates and they can prove him wrong by saying you know like fuck that we are a better team we do belong in this spot let's let's go out there and beat these guys because we can I guess that's the only positive you can take away from it. But again, I just don't know why you'd come out and say something like that. It seems like if he is trying to motivate his teammates, it seems like a very, very ineffective and more so strange way of going about it. But I mean, hey, all power to him. He's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Uh, Still a big fan of his game. Regardless, don't like that message. Um, Getting more into the ins and outs of this matchup, the analysis of this matchup. um, The Chiefs, if they do have a weakness or... I guess they have a couple weaknesses, but if they're one of their bigger weaknesses of their team, especially along their O-line, which is a very solid O-line, it would have to be their tackles. So I would say TJ Watt would need to have a massive monster like take game takeover type game to win this one. And uh, Mahomes would need to look a lot more like early season Mahomes 
Steelers O-line has been playing a little bit better in recent weeks. They've been opening up some holes in the run blocking in the run game, excuse me, for Najee Harris. So I think they'll be able to slow down the Chiefs offense, just keep them on the sidelines, extend drives um, through their run game. Uh, Big Ben has proven, especially with last game against the Ravens, that he can show up in moments where they really need him to throw the ball in those third and fourth downs. He can still get it done, especially in short field situations. If the Steelers defense can stop the over-the-top passing game, which I think they can, and run the game effectively enough, I think it should be a little bit of a closer game than last time. Again, it's not like I'm picking them to win. I don't even think I'm picking them to cover. I think the spread is actually at 12.5 right now. I've got the spreads right in front of me. Yep, 12.5. Uh, I believe 68% of that money is on the Chiefs too. No, 62, excuse me. 62% of that money is also on the Chiefs. So a lot of people thinking they're going to cover there. Regardless, um... I don't think it's going to be as big of an ass whooping as it was last time. But again, I mean, the Chiefs defense isn't what they started the year as either. Uh, they, they're still a very good unit. They should give Ben some trouble, particularly if they don't play too much man. That's really what lost them the Bengals game when they played the Bengals. They, they were playing a ton of man-to-man, -man, especially against the receivers like Jamar Chase, obviously. And they didn't really make any adjustments to compensate for him just completely torturing them. And I'm not saying the Steelers have a receiver like Jamar Chase. Almost no team in the league does outside of a few cases. But the Steelers do have some good receiver talent. They still have pretty good weapons on the perimeter. Obviously, Deontay Johnson's the real standout that guy there. And if Big Ben can at least somewhat be protected, he could. that could give the Chiefs some potential problems, put some points up on the board. Um, but again, it's just a... Be I mean, you, you heard Ben said it him, say it himself, excuse me. They're a far less talented team. They barely squeezed into the playoffs. Big Ben is on his very, very last legs. And I just think the Chiefs are going to win this one 27-13. Don't have to talk about that game too much because, again, I think we, we can all expect the Chiefs to, to win and win pretty handily at that. Next, we've got, again, not too much analysis here because one of the more lopsided games of this entire playoff picture. We have Tampa Bay versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are, although fairly basic on offense, they do have a very strong identity. They're good at what they do, and they are they do what they do consistently, if that makes sense. That's kind of a weird way to put it, but let me explain. Uh, they're pretty good at having big plays led through their run game, and even though Tampa's run defense has been pretty good all year in totality, they've been just all right for the past few weeks, so you could see that exploited a little bit. And to pair with that, the Eagles line is probably the pa the best run blocking line in football right now it's arguable between them and a couple other ones but they're looking like just an elite physical unit and they should be able to move the ball somewhat effectively at least enough to choose some clock and keep brady on the sidelines kind of like what i was saying with the steelers chiefs games in even more so in this one i think that their run game uh, it's been so good all year long i think they're going to continue it into this game again even if the tampa bay's run defense is pretty good uh this Eagles run offense is just a different breed and I think they will be able to get some effective runs off and again keep Brady on the sideline which is going to be very effective to keep the score down and keep this game closer than it ultimately should be because again these teams are just not on the same talent level but I mean the Eagles defense hasn't been great it's been respectable I am worried about Tampa's weapons not necessarily in this game in particular but moving forward again it's just it's this game is going to be one of those games that it could set the tone for who's going to step up with AB 
being gone, obviously Godwin being out now, and uh, Leonard Fournette, we're not really sure when he's going to come back in this one. I really think we're going to see a very heavy dosage of Gronk. I think we might see Tom Brady and Gronk take over in this one. It's crazy to think we're in 2022, and I'm still saying, you know, Brady and Gronk might take this game over. It's just absolutely wild. Some things never change, but either way, the Eagles have been practically the worst team against the tight end position all year long so i think that again gronk could see a huge role in this game but again i'm really curious to see what receiver steps up and what receiver is really going to be you know tom brady likes his relationships with guys he likes to have a safety like safety blankets he likes to know what to expect with guys so i think we could really see one of these guys whether it be Rashad perriman uh it sounds like cyril i don't remember that guy's name that's sprinter from lsu he's got a pulled hamstring so it sounds like he's going to be out for a little bit so yeah it's tyler johnson maybe it's going to be really interesting to see who steps up and who connects with brady the best in these moments um i think personally it'll be Rashad perryman but again this is a guy we've seen on a ton of different teams over the years he's been in and out of different teams he's never really been a dominant receiver in the nfl so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here especially going forward because again i think in this game they don't need to be particularly effective in their wide receiver core to still win this one because they are just the far more talented team much more playoff experience obviously just with tom brady at the helm that helps incredibly gronkowski there obviously helps a ton as well um but again it's more so looking forward into the rest of the playoff picture to see like who's gonna step up if that's basically what i'm trying to say and um I mean, overall, you can just never count out Tom Brady, the GOAT, obviously. Jalen Hurts still has a lot of lot to prove in the passing game. But again, because of this Eagles run game, because of the, because of the Bucks weapons being depleted, I think it's going to be a closer game than the last time we played. Either way, I'm taking the Buccaneers 28-20 to in this one. This is where the games get to their next tier of competitiveness, particularly in these next two games. I could... Um, really see a lot of different things happening here let's start off with the Raiders versus the Bengals because again I think this is a still a little more lopsided although if the Raiders do end up winning I believe this is a Saturday game it's not like I'd totally be surprised yet this is another matchup we've seen yet again earlier in this year don't let that school that school that score really fool you either this game was pretty tight the first time around honestly the Raiders, although not excellent against the pass all year, they tend to not allow huge passing plays, and that's really been the Bengals' formula to their success. And another matchup I actually really like for the Raiders is their pass rushers. They've got two really, really solid ed edges, if not elite edges, in Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby. And I also just love the grit and the heart that the Raiders have been playing with all year long. Particularly in crunch time, Derek Carr and their run game led by Josh, Josh Jacobs have been excellent as of late. And this should be a great test for Burrow to see if he can just stay patient and see uh, take what the defense gives him because again this this Seattle cover three scheme uh, schemed up by Gus Bradley that's kind of what they they pride themselves on they don't want to get beat by the over the top passing game they don't want to get beat by a single play they really just force you to you know use that underneath stuff be patient with it and it's going to be really interesting to see if Burrow can I think he can I think he's going to be willing to but it, it's going to be interesting to see if he can just stay patient all game and just stick with it regardless um Again, I think there is some favorable matchups here for the Raiders. And again, it's going to be a good test. Joe Mixon will need to have a good game in this one too. I think this could be a lower scoring game than people think with an emphasis 
on both sides, limiting big plays and really running the hell out of the ball. I think we could see that play out in that way. In a lot of ways, I think the Raiders are likely to cover that five and a half points. I believe it started all the way out six and a half. So a lot of people are agreeing with me that the Raiders should keep this fairly competitive. Don't get me wrong. I think the Bengals are the far more talented football team, but I don't know. Maybe it's them being in Vegas. Maybe it's the Raiders just keep finding ways to win close games. Maybe part of me wants to see the Raiders pull this out because I am a huge fan of Rich Pistachia and everything he's doing. He deserves a ton of credit for even being in the postseason. But, I mean, they've got to feel some confidence going into this one. Their run game's been pretty good all year. They've got those edge rushers that can come off the edge and still, you know, take advantage of those lackluster tackles for the Bengals because their pass protection hasn't been, I mean, it hasn't been great all year. Um, but again, it's just very hard to pick the Raiders here because I, again, I still think the Bengals are the more talented team. I don't necessarily love their coaching staff, but I just love what Joe Burrow's doing right now. I love his composure. I love his ascent to the upper echelon of QBs in this league. They're playing at home, which should help a lot. The conditions aren't going to be they're not going to be terrible, but they're not going to be great. It's still Cincinnati in January, so they're not going to be excellent by any means. They're not going to be Las Vegas indoor uh, conditions, if you know what I mean. So, again, I'm taking the Bengals to win. I'm taking the Raiders to cover, though. Bengals 27, Raiders 24. If the Raiders do end up pulling this one out, I would not be surprised in the slightest. They've got some veterans on that team who have been there, done that. Uh, I just really like how cool, calm, and collected Rich Passaccio seems. I really like how they come up clutch in a lot of these games. I like some of the matchups they have against the Bengals. But, again, it's just when it comes down to a talent level, I think the Bengals are just a better team. I think that Jamar Chase can, ex even while the Raiders are doing their best to limit the over-the-top passing game, he can still take any given moment, even if it's a screen pass, he can take it 80 yards to the house just with how explosive he is. They obviously have a ton of other receivers you got to worry about. Their run game is still really good. Their defense can has shown that it can slow down the run at times. Their pass rush has been fairly active, led by Trey Hendrickson. He's been very good. So for all those reasons, and simply put, I just can't really count out Joe Burrow, even though as much as I love what the Raiders are doing, again, I think the Bengals are going to win 27 to 24. But yeah, take the Raiders spread. The Raiders, I believe they'll cover that spread, and I think it's going to be a really, really damn good game. Again, this is another game. Now we're really getting into the games where they feel more and more like a coin flip to me, but I'm still going in order of what I'm most confident in to least confident in, and... I guess my most confident one out of these last three matchups would have to be the Patriots versus the Bills. But again, I'm not particularly confident about this either. Again, this is more of the coin flip tier of games. This game, I really just had a dilemma choosing because the head coach I trust more than any head coach in the postseason, of course, is Bill Belichick. But just as much as I say that, and it pains me to say I'm really not trusting my guy, Mac Jones, especially over Josh Allen, just rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs in general, but especially when you're facing such an amazing talent like Josh Allen, I, I just get nervous about it. Even if it, he is facing Bill Belichick, I mean, the Patriots love to run their man-to-man -man schemes, but that leaves Josh Allen with more ability to scramble. So if they choose to mix in more zone concepts or maybe a mix of the two, or maybe like intricate looks where there's six guys at the line and they drop back into zone, the Bills still have really great, smart veteran receivers like Beasley and Sanders. They can find the soft spots of those zones very well. 
that would limit Stefan a lot more if I think they did that. And even if they go man-to-man, JC Jackson versus Stefan Diggs is still a great matchup, and JC can have some success in that matchup, as we saw last game. But still, just with all the veteran savviness they have on that receiving core, with if they do choose to end up going the zone route so they can keep Josh Allen in front of him and not let him get out of the pocket and scramble and kill him with their legs, again, they're going to be able to find the holes in this defense. So that's definitely a big advantage for the Bills, in my opinion. And then, of course, there's the Bills defense, which has been amazing all year long. And I think they're really going to emphasize stopping the run in this one and not letting Damian Harris really take over this game, or Ramondre Stevenson, for that matter. And allowing Josh Allen to just stay on the field as often as possible. These third-down conversions are going to be extremely crucial for the Patriots, and if they can convert them or not. Mac Jones hasn't been proving that he can convert them nearly at the rate as he was at the beginning of the year. And again, the Bills are really going to focus on shutting down this Patriots run game. And although the Patriots, they have good weapons on the perimeter, they're really not great. And the Bills secondary, even without Tredavious White back there, is still amazing. So it really comes down to this. Even though I, I never want to count out the greatest head coach in history, the Bills are just, in conclusion, they're a far more talented team. I really like a lot of the ways they match up with the Patriots because of all the reasons I just said. And I think the Bills are going to end up winning this one, 27-21. And again, not feeling too confident about that one, but... If again, I'm picking every game here, so that's just what. I, if I had to put my name behind it, I would say the Bills are going to win this one. Now, moving on to a game again, not confident at all, but I'm very excited to watch. As of all these matchups, honestly, the only one I'm really not like too fond of and care too much to watch is the Steelers Chiefs. But other than that, all these matchups are going to be great. I'm pro- hopefully going to watch every single game. Cowboys Niners. I have no idea what to think about this one. It's very hard to analyze, so I'm not going to overdo it. I'm just going to go off gut feelings, see, explain what I've seen from these teams for the past two months. We know the Niners' run game and their weapons on the outside, especially after the catch, can take over a game. We know Shanahan is incredible at using team strengths against them. So Micah Parsons, in my opinion, is really going to be tested in this one. Of course, he's always an X factor in every single game he plays in, But I think we could really see his football IQ be tested in this one from the misdirection that Kyle Shanahan used from unfamiliar formations that Mike has probably never seen before and right route combinations that Mike has probably never seen before. Shanahan is going to do his absolute best to negate Micah because that's what great coaches do. They take away team strengths and even use it against them. So I think they're going to, he's going to do his best to fool Micah, get him going one way, throw the ball another way, because if you don't get Micah on his heels and you don't catch him while he's moving in stride in a different direction, he can just absolutely shut down an entire side of a field. He's just that dominant. Again, he's still my defensive player of the year. Even with TJ Watt tying the sack record and the Steelers barely making a playoff spot, I just think Micah's more deserving of it. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I know that's really going to piss off some people, but Micah's just been absolutely incredible. And it's really going to be a testament in this game to see what he does defensively and how he processes the Shanahan scheme, which is known to be one of the most complex, hard to understand from a defense point of view schemes in the entire league. So I'm very excited to watch him and what he does in this one. Um, He's one of my absolute favorite players to watch in this entire league. So definitely going to do a deep dive in his film after this game. Either way, Again, going back to what, that's just what great coaches do. That's what Shanahan does, yada, 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 getting back to that. Um, 
and his run game and his yards after the catch ability from his receivers are really able to keep opposing offenses on the sidelines. As far as the Cowboys go, we know their run game really has been subpar as of late. They're very dependent on Dak just staying patient and taking what the defense gives him, particularly over the middle or an occasional, you know, like post slash go route from someone like Wilson or uh, what's his name? Cedric Wilson or Amari Cooper. Um, and I think that can and will give San Francisco some problems. Dallas's perimeters, we perimeter weapons are obviously very excellent with, you know, CD and what I was just saying, Amari, Wilson, even Dalton Schultz over the middle. They're all really, really damn good football players. Possibly one of the best receiving cores in the league right now. But, and I know I've been fairly low on the Niners all year and pretty high on the boys. But because of all this analysis, because I'm just trusting Shanahan, because I don't really see a whole lot from the uh, Cowboys run game, and I think we just saw this Niners D-line just absolutely uh, ruin the Rams game plan of last year. I think there's a lot of things they can do in a similar fashion to the Cowboys this week. And <laughs> I mean, I guess because of all the analysis i just said that i really said i wasn't going to get too deep into whoops i, I said i was going to make it more of a gut feeling thing i don't know why but i really just think the niners are going to win this one i mean i guess i do know why i was just explaining it for like three minutes but yeah I, it feels weird to say because like two weeks ago i was saying i think the cowboys are going to make the nfc championship game and i think if they win this game they seriously could but I don't know. It's just something about the Niners scheme. Something about they always find ways to win. I love Shanahan's scheme. I love the weapons they have on the outside. I love what their D-line is doing. Just absolutely wrecking games. And even though their secondary hasn't done too, too much, they've held their own on some of these games, especially in the Rams game last week. And the thing is, if their D-line is playing as dominant as it is, they don't need their secondary to be great. They just need them to hold down the fort for a few seconds while their pass rush gets after it. Again, this is not a game I'm confident at all. This is not a game I would go near betting because I really could see a world where the Cowboys win. And the more I'm talking, I almost want to switch my pick and say the Cowboys are going to win because, again, I think if the Cowboys win this one, they can make a serious run of going into Green Bay and not winning in Green Bay, but, you know, getting to Green Bay because I don't think any team in the NFC is going to win in Green Bay. Um, but again, I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to say the Niners win this one 28 to 26. Also, with all that being said, the Niners are plus like 2000 or something right now. Yeah, they're plus 2200 to win the Super Bowl. That is a value pick. If you have some, if you just have some money, you just want to like, just a little bit, like not too much. Don't go crazy. Don't get mad at me because again, they're still very, 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 very low odds. So keep that, keep that in mind. If you just want to just a shot in the dark of a chance of winning a shit ton of money for not that much risk. That's a bet. I kind of like just going to throw it out there. You guys can take that however you will. All right. This next game, again, not going to overanalyze this one. Cause this one in particular is one that I really could see going a lot of different directions. And I really don't know what to expect here. And obviously being the last game that I'm talking about, you guys already know what I'm talking about. And you guys already know that I'm very, very unconfident in this one. Cardinals versus the Rams. The real question for me in this game is which Stafford are we going to get? And connected to that, can the Cardinals pass rush get going early and often as the Niners just did last week and wreck that game plan? I mean, it's just, 
of course there's the McVay versus Kingsbury debate and Kingsbury already stole one from the Rams earlier in the Rams house this year all in all I still think McVay is a far superior coach and Stafford is going to be feeling the pressure in this game both probably literally but mentally so extremely this is everything if you don't win this game this year was a catastrophic failure all those moves for obj for von miller for yourself they're all proven were they worth it should we have done that we just invested so much in the here and now and now we're sitting on our couches after this game so this is there's going to be so much pressure on stafford it's going to be very interesting to see how he deals with it it's going to, and again, there might be literal pressure on Stafford with the Cardinals D line and how they've been playing pretty good football. And JJ Watt might be back. Am I right about that one? I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that somewhere. So, again, I really don't know what to think. It helps a lot that the Rams are at home. I trust McVay a hell of a lot more than Kingsbury as a coach. Uh, I don't trust Matthew Stafford very much right now. I. I just really don't know what to think about this game because the Cardinals haven't won shit, honestly. The Cardinals have, were a really hot team. I believe they started the year 7-0. Uh, the Rams beat them in their building. Uh, they're better on the road for some reason, so maybe it's better that they're playing them in L.A. I just really don't know what to make of this game. I could see so many different things happening. I really don't trust either of these teams as talented and how many, you know, big flash moments and statement games they've had whether it be the cardinals going into dallas and winning whether it be the cardinals going into la and winning early this year and then the rams you know beating teams like the buccaneers beating teams like uh i don't know you get my point they've won some big games they've lost some really big games both of these teams have and they're just very confusing to figure out uh, they haven't won a whole lot together. Obviously, the Rams, some of their players have been there, done that as far as big games, but they haven't done it together. The Cardinals, you can, can't really say many of their players at all have ever been on a big stage and played for a whole lot. So, again, I really just don't know what to say here. I really could see this game going either way. Uh, I guess if I have to pick a team, I guess I'd pick the Cardinals, I guess. But that's only because... Um, my friends call me a Matthew Stafford hater, and maybe that's because he torched up the Bears for all those years in Detroit. But I don't know. I just if you know me, I don't I don't trust Matthew Stafford at all. If you know me that then you don't you know I have no confidence in that guy. And I have a lot more confidence in Cliff Kingsbury, as much confidence as I have in McVeigh, and as little confidence as I have in Kingsbury. I still think the quarterback position is just so important and vital to this team's success. And the Rams, if they don't win this one, they could be in serious trouble moving forward in the future. Vaughn Miller's a free agent this year. They gave up a whole bunch of draft capital to get some of these guys. And I don't know. I, I, again, I, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen here. I'll just say the Cardinals are going to win 31-28, to 28, and that'll be that. And you guys can either flame me or praise me when this game inevitably goes down one way or another. All right, a little bit of a shorter episode for you guys this week. I hope that's all right with you guys. Again, there's just less games to talk about. There's less storylines going on, and these games are just so competitive. I don't want to overanalyze them. I just want to give my my gut feelings on what's going to happen. I just want to give you guys the best insight if you are going to be betting on these games, which I don't recommend. I don't like betting on playoff games. If I were to bet on one of them, I'd probably bet the Raiders to cover their spread, but again, I just... I wouldn't really go near any of these games. I really wouldn't. I, I I think these could go a lot of different ways. Maybe the Chiefs to cover. Maybe that's one you kind of want to look at. Maybe the Eagles to cover. Maybe something like that. But again, I would I wouldn't I would stay away from these this week. If you're gonna be betting, go 
look at the NBA scene, go take like, if you're listening to this tonight, actually, no, it's in like 20 minutes. Don't even listen to me. I was going to tell you to take the Warriors spread against the Bucks, but don't even worry about that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm rambling on and on. I'm going to close this up now. If you guys did enjoy this episode, be sure to share it with your friends. Be sure to follow my Instagram at Professional Sports Talk for constant updates on the latest and greatest of the NFL and the NBA soon to come if these viewerships get up. So again, if you want to continue to hear from me, if you want to continue to support Professional Sports Talk, best thing you can do, be active on there, listen to my pods, and I'll see the numbers they'll be following, and then I'll continue to do this, and I'll know it's all worth it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Peace out, everybody. Appreciate each and every single one of you that got to the end of this episode. Peace.